Good morning. So, in the spirit of our uh, ongoing shiurim uh, here every Thursday, I covered eight ain't soft, and then Simpson. And the last shiurim were on the Simpson kipshute, not kipshute, and all the days and that. So I thought fitting, since we're going already in that order, to go to the next uh, sugya and say the Yishtalshla, so to speak, which in that order would be Rishimu, which I'm sure you've learned and heard about. But it's also like uh, many of the, all the sugyas are somewhat shrouded in some mystery, especially the Shimu. And uh, so... I posted a light last night. You probably all were asleep, but uh, all the Marmikamas that I uh, gathered together, pretty extensive. There's more, but that is uh, from all the Rabbeim and also from Kabbalah. So in the same way as I explained Simpsum and Eir, the main punchline is going to be, not just understand it, but the Mainaf Kamina. If you didn't have it as Shimu, what difference would it make in Aravedis Hashem, as well as uh, any other implications in life. And what really does it add in the whole picture? So it's interesting that, first of all, Chsidis, when it says the word Simpson, which of course is used much more than you hear the word Rishimu, it was always known that Simpson and Rishimu go together. It says Simpson, it means Simpson and the Rishimu. It says that in several places. and uh, But nevertheless, it's two aspects to the tzimtzum. The difference is, as the words imply, tzimtzum means to conceal or to contract, and a shimu, we'll soon see, has a lot of other meanings. Poshut pshat of a shimu is, in English you say, a trace or an impression, or even a shimu could also be residue which means like when something happens, there's an impression that's left even after that event happened, which means it's not the full-blown uh, event, but it's the effect it had and the Rishima it left. Even when you say, I heard a shear or I went somewhere and it had an effect on me, you say, I had a Rishima on me. It was made a Rishima on you. So the word Rishima means an impression. So in a sense, it's almost like the opposite of Simpson because Simpson is concealing. And a shima seems to be something is left. And that's exactly the point which we're going to talk about. But they usually come together. As a matter of fact, in Tanya, the only place he doesn't, I don't believe the word Rishima is ever used in Tanya. I may be mistaken, maybe somewhere in Nagar Sakedish or Kuntasachan. I'm almost sure not. If you have a Tanya, look in the Rebbe's Mafteach, see if there's a shima. If there's no Rishima, it's probably not used. Uh, but there is an uh, alluding to it in Sofpedic Dalad. I forgot actually to add that to Marmachem. I'll, I'll add it afterwards. Sofpedic Dalad of Shai Yichud Vamuna, where the Rebbe Rasha, the Alta Rebbe rather, has the Chotzeribua there, the brackets. And he says, Simpson Nikra Kalim. Which again, as soon as you read that, sounds one second. Simpson, we all know, is about Helam. It's been the Eirein Sof, was Meir, and Mamala Kolamitsius. And as it says in Eitz Chaim, and then, the, then the, as Arizal says, there was a Tzimtzum. And here the Alter Rebbe says, Tzimtzum Nikri Kalim. That means it's, a, it's a called Kalim. So 
all the, the pshat poshat is because simtsum is not just a void and empty, it actually is called kalim, and kalim, the rusherish kalim, as we shall discuss at length, is the shimu. And why the Alter Rebbe doesn't use the words, it could be mafalpul in that, why he doesn't use it, he definitely uses it my modem, in different my modem, so it's not like the Alter Rebbe doesn't recognize that, but that's what he says, and there's a sicha, a lengthy sicha, which I may have mentioned, if not, I'm going to discuss it here, in this shiurim, Shabbos Pasha Mishpatim Tovshin Chavzayin. So, as you know, as Rabbi Weinberg, Olova Shalom, was teaching Tanya on the radio, that I would listen every week and also would edit every one of the Shirim. So, we have Shirim to say for Tanya, Mamish Tanya edited by the Rebbe, the Shirim in Tanya, from beginning to end. And the Rebbe sometimes, Ram Mishpatim, Truma time, that was the anniversary when the Tanya began to be taught in Tovshin Chav. So, every year that Shabbos, the Rebbe would talk about it, would either say some few words about the anniversary, um, like a, and then sometimes he would discuss a topic that that he was up to. So then he was up to Shari Dalit. I think it took 26 years to teach the entire Tanya on the radio. So I think he finished in Fustaf Shechov, Mem Vov or something like that. Mem Beis? So maybe 22 years. Um, regardless, so the Rebbe gave a whole sicha on what means Simpson Rikrikelim. It's made the sicha. The Rebbe edited it afterwards. It could be found, I think it's in the Hesophis Lakutisichas in Chelik Chofalaf. Yeah, the Hesophis of Chelik Chofalaf, without the Rebbe, the whole sicha is printed there. I'm sure it's that Chelik. I will obviously summarize it also in this context because it helps us understand that it's Shimu. And I believe in that sikha the Rebbe does make reference that it is the Rishimu. So it's not some speculation. Um, okay. So with that said, as a general context of Tzimtzum, that it goes together with Tzimtzum, so what exactly does it add? We just said the Tzimtzum. We know there's Eirein Sof before the Tzimtzum. The Eirein Sof was Mamala Kolomitsis, which means the divine consciousness. Think of it like a, an ocean of Elikus, and there's no room for anything else. Talking obviously conceptually, not Begashmias. So like the, the Rav, the Moshe of the teacher, whose brilliance is so powerful, there's no room even for a student to sit there, let alone to understand, because his, his whole light is filling the whole existence. So the Rav and the Moshe needs to be mitzamsim himself, which means he silences or quiets his flow, and even though he remains the same Rav with all the Seichel within him, but the Talmud now, there's room for a Talmud to sit there, or to stand there and be able to be Makabal. But that's not enough, Simpson, because that's still only a concealment. Then comes the Kav. This is all straight Eitzchayim, Arizal, directly beginning of Eitzchayim. You say this of Kabbalah, Arizal, that then comes a Kav. A Kav is light, Oyer. But now it's a Kav Kotzer Vedak, which means it's thin, narrow, short. Again, all this is a moshal. But the nimshal would be like the rav now is streaming information to the student of fierke. If it's a child, it's olive baits, etc. That's the kav and the nimshal is a lakus is now tailored and being measured. That's what a kav means to measure. Kav amida, that it measures and tailors the divine energy. Which is rooted in Ene Sof Lifniat Simpson following the Simpson. So the Kav is completely impacted by the Simpson, but it's still light. It's teaching. 
But it's a teaching that can then now go through Ishtalshlis and the whole Ishtalshlis of Ak and Akudim, Nakudim, Vrudim, or in the language that sometimes we're familiar with, Tzilas, Bri, Yitzir, Asiyah, all the way through Ishtalshlis, all the Eris and Kalim, of Chachma, Bin, Adas, all the Sviris, and all the Dargis. Everything is controlled by this uh, measured flow, regulated flow. I mean, just as a Gashmizdik example, like uh, imagine the faucet in your sink. If it wasn't working, either you'd have no water altogether or you would flood your whole house. This, the, this faucet regulates the flow, so then we can receive it. We're pouring uh, from a big, a big reservoir of water into a pitcher and a pitcher into a cup. And these examples I used in Chassidus, how the Kav measures the flow, which of course not an, it doesn't, it's not its own rotsen, it's the Abishta working through the Kav. So it makes sense how Shtauslus then takes on shape. And the same thing, for example, when uh, every child is born. It begins from a tipus mayachav that fertilizes the egg of a mother, of the mother, and that in turn conceives a seed, a, a, a uh, viable life, but it's only a, uh, it's one cell. One cell, literally, you can't even see it. But that cell has like a, like a seed, like a kernel, everything in it. And through the nine months of gestation, pregnancy, it develops just like a seed in the ground would grow into a tree. And that's essentially, and it's, if, the, if the air was so intense, it would not be able to allow the keiches hanefesh to be able to go into the kelim. You need the air hariya in the ayin, the air hashmi, and the azin in the air. And the same thing, the heart is different than the mind. And that's what a healthy human being is. It's a regulated flow of, the, of the life energy that goes into each part of the body properly. Just to give another example, like Rahman al-Islana, a stroke. What a stroke can do? A stroke impedes the flow of the blood. So it means it doesn't allow the blood to flow properly to certain places in the human body. On the other hand, if you thin the blood, which is what's done, you thin it too much, then the blood flows too powerfully, and it could create a hemorrhage. So the key to real life is the balance. Which you can say like the calf to balance that it should be enough energy, but not too much. So like in the teacher... You can't, the kav has to be measured. If he says too little, the student won't understand. If he says too much, he'll overwhelm him. So the key to all communication education is the balance between that type of, you could even call chesed and gvur if you wish. A sense of gilu and helem or gilu and simsum. So now, with all that, sounds great. Why do we need a shima? So what's this shima exactly? How does that fit in? So, I'm gonna, so if you have the Maya Mekemis, I'm going to go through them as we learn, as we talk. And I'll refer to uh, the different Marmikamis of what I'm explaining in that order. But I want to give one introduction before I begin the actual details. Let me just open the open this up with this. <coughs> okay. I know more about the Rishim than I know about my own uh, mobile phone. I like that. Okay. Um, Halavai. Yeah. Good. There's another fascinating thing that you'll see will emerge from uh, this discussion is that when you really get into the details of the Rishimu, you see something amazing. It's, I believe it's maybe not the only, but the most boiler that I, that I recollect in Chassidus, uh, that you actually can see how the Sugi is built and grows, Mamash Medeir Ledeir, how the Rizal taught it, 
how the Tamid Arizal understood it, and then how the Alta Rebbe, the Mitla Rebbe, Tzamech Tzedek, and I'm not exaggerating, each one, and I'll point them all out as we go, Rebbe Marash, Rebbe Rashab, Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe, I mean, really, it's the Rebbe Rashab, the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe, they, I mean, the Sikh Mishpatim Chavzayin, I should correct myself, is a major Chiddush in all of this, but your mamish can see a sugya that began like just a nakuda, which of course is you say this dick, but you could see the rabbin literally expanding it and developing it to the point that it even created some controversy, which is always the case. Just like with Simpson, there were different opinions. There's a famous vikuach um, between uh, the Kapister, the Moganovis, the son of the Maril, um, with one of the chassidim. His name was uh, Dan Tumarkin. Uh, a vikuach in understanding how the Rebbe Marash's understanding of the Rishimu. But that will come a little later. I want to do it in a Masudah way. But I wanted to just point that out that you literally can see, and the Rabbeim actually referred to the previous ones and say you have to add more pshat. And when you look at the Ishtalsus, you can see, even in the Rebbe Rashab himself, you see Ishtalsus from Tafresh Mem Gimel all the way to Ayim Beis, how the Rebbe Rashab begins with the Yeshlemer and then he turns it into a whole sugya. So that's another interesting thing. I really believe you probably can find it in every sugi in Kabbalah and Chassidus, because uh, the Rabbeim didn't just repeat, they always added something. But the Rishim is very bailit and very obvious, as I shall point out. So I'm going to begin with, uh, where does it say Rishim in the first place? So the first place is in Eitzes Chaim, of Eitzes Chaim is also Chisvarizal. Um, You'll see there are always, uh, many of them are called by the name Chaim, because of Chaim Vital, was the Talmud that wrote down all the Kisve Arizal. That's why called Kisve. The Arizal didn't write. He spoke. I mean, he wrote, he wrote, we have the Chodaydi, certain Zemiris, uh, but the main writer was Rab Chaim Vital. I should mention, because we'll talk about it soon as well, there was another Talmud of that Arizal. His name is Rabbi Yisrael Sarud. And actually, Rab Chaim Vital writes in his introductions that he was the only one given the right to write the Hanochis of the Arizal. So it doesn't call it Hanachas, but to write it down, and no other has the authority to do so. So there was a big machlekes in this as well, because Rabbi Sol Sarug left Svas and actually was teaching Arizal's Teda to different Mukabalim. And there were those that held that you cannot follow what Rabbi Sol Sarug was teaching, not because he was a bad man, because the Arizal trusted one writer and they didn't want confusion of different interpretations, which would only create more problems. There were those that that uh, went with the like, for example, Emek uh, Hamelach, which we'll talk about. So Mishnah Chassidim, others that were Talmidim of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. Now, what's interesting? What happened was that it broke into two camps, and uh, there were those that Mamish would not look at anything from the Kabbalah of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. But in time, there were those that did look in both. And what did Chassidus do? The Rebbe talks about it in some footnotes. So the Chassidus actually brings from both openly. So the Alter Rebbe clearly, and I think the Rebbe says somewhere, I'm, I mean, I'm almost sure that he was Makabalist from the Magad and the Baal Shem Tov. So he actually integrates both uh, Talmidim. So even though Rachav still remains the main authority, but Rebbe Shosur is not off limits. And his, his and, and Yonim that he taught, that doesn't, you don't find in Rabchaim Vital's writings, is actually totally integrated into Chassidus. And one of them is actually the Shimu as we'll talk about in a moment, but Rishimu is mentioned by Eitzes Chaim, by Rav Chaim Betal, but not by Riches. So, for example, a sugi, like if you ever heard the expression, Shashuya HaMelech Batsmuse, 
That's strictly from Rabbi Yisrael Saruk's Kabbalah that Emma Kamelech discusses. You don't find it anywhere. The Alter Rebbe writes in Kutatera that it's not in Kisra Rizal from the Rachav. There's other things like uh, Malbush, if you've heard the Simpson of Malbush, Meruba, Eagle. There's a lot of sugis in Kabbalah that are brought exodus that are taken from Yipsal Saruk. The Tzimach Tzadik talks about it as well. So, obviously, once the Alter Rebbe gives that temple and that approach, so then uh, it's, all, uh, it's all part of one Tera. So with that said, I'm reading now. Uh, so, so the Marmakamas are the first ones, Eitzes Chaim. So what does he say in Eitzes Chaim? I'm actually reading, it's quoted by the Alter Rebbe in Lukut Tera. It's one of the Marmakamas here. Famous Lukut Tera, the Esophis of Vayikra. Um, the page is Nun Aleph Beis. So the Marmak is called Lohovin Mashakosov Eitzes Chaim. That's how the Marmak is called. He talks about all of the Heitzlan, and all, and he talks about the Tzimtzum. So here's the Alter Rebbe. This is the Alter Rebbe, remember, also did not write this. This is written by the Alter Rebbe's Manichim. Probably there were five total. This is most likely written by um, Alter Rebbe's brother, the Maril. The Rosh Hanoch is written by the Mitla Rebbe, son of the Alter Rebbe, and Moshe, the son of the Alter Rebbe, and uh, Rapinchas Rezes. You know, you have Hanochas Harap, you may have seen. And then you have the Tzamech Tzedek later, when he got older. He also wrote. So we actually have sometimes a Maimah from the Alter Rebbe, five versions. At least three versions and two versions, five of sometimes five versions. So here is what he says. He says, So there's a Hagar and Eitzes Chaim. Now based on that, it's very possible that Hagar is not written by Rab Chaim Vital, which would obviously stim with the fact you don't find the Rishimu in in uh, in Rechav's uh, Teda. Like it says, like you say, it says like this, that when it says that after the symptom a cholol remained, and we know cholol mokempone, a space, a vacuum, lavdafke, he says, lavdafke chol, kinishasham rishimu, ma'er, avalgabah ensof nikra cholol atkan lashene. It's an exact direct quote from the Kutateta quoting the Hagan Eitzes Chaim. And then there's a Hagar here, which is most likely from the Tzemach Tzedek. On this, on this piece that talks about the Hagar and Eitzvah Chaim's Hagar, he says, Mm-hmm. is another, uh, another sefer written by Rabbi Chaim Vital. So Emek HaMelech from Rabachrach, what was his first name? Uh, it slips my mind right now. He was our Talmud of Rabbi Sol Sarug. So it's not Rabbi Chaim Vital. So look more there. And there it says, I'm just reading. The Rishim was the level of letters. Asius. And then he brings a few more things which are somewhat related, but not directly. So here we have the first sources of Shimu in Kisra Rizal, the Agon Etzis Chaim, Movish Sha'orim, and Emek HaMelech, which is a little more elaborate. And finally, he brings from Migdash Melech, which is also from the Tamidim of Rabbi Sol Saruk, right in the beginning of Zayr, the famous Zayr, Bereish from Nisid the Malka, Gol of Galifa, but Tehiri Allah, it's very often Exodus. And that Zayhar, 
right in the beginning of the beginning of Zoyar, there's a Migdash Melech that also talks about this Rishimu. The Rebbe has actually a footnote, which I think I'd say as well, Ranat, Hacholzu, I think it's Pedic. Let me look it up. Let me see here. The order of the Rebbe, Pedic of Zion and Ranat, page Ein Zion, Amar Ein Zion. So the Rebbe there cites actually the Migdash Melech and I think the Emek HaMelech. Just, just for Mara McCamus to know where this is all originating from. Before this, I don't believe any reference made to the Shema anywhere else. There are always hints to things in the Zayar, but the Zayar, you don't understand until the Arizal explains it. So I believe that there is there some, some hints to the Shema, but officially documented, like you see here. I mean, this is, I'm quoting straight from Kutateira. If there was any earlier sources, he would have brought it. And he says clearly, I am an Indian of Shimu, these sources starting from Eitzes Chaim to Hagar. Okay. So what do we know from this? Based without even any Haspaz, Baruch, Chsidis, and so on, you know like this, that when you say Tzimtzum and Cholol, it's not, he said, Lavdavka. It's not literal. Now, not literal here doesn't mean just it's not Tzimtzum Kipshute. Because... If he said clearly in, in Eitzes Chaim, it's not Simpson Kipshuti, there couldn't have been a shita that would hold it Simpson Kipshuti. So we're not talking about that it's not Simpson Kipshuti. We're talking something more. That there's, besides the fact that the Simpson, and that is up to the different opinions, and we already established out of Paskins, Simpson, not Kipshuti. But even according to the shita of Simpson Kipshuti, they also hold it as a Rishim, because it says it clearly in these Svar. No one could argue with uh, the, the Eitzes Chaim. Um, unless you'd say, which I'm just, I just thought of this moment, that they would say that is Rabbi Saul Sarug's Kabbalah and Lav Dafke, Rav Chaim Vital, there is a Rishim. I don't know. I never saw that anywhere. Just, uh, just, uh, just as a, maybe there's such a possibility. Okay, but that's not really so negate in Yonenu. What's negate here is like this, that he says clearly Lav Dafke, Cholol. The only reason, why do you call it a Cholol? Because compared like he says, Shem Rishim, why does he call it some? He says, um, So here's the first time that we hear that as much as the Tzimtzum concealed everything, and we know it's a Tzimtzum B'derech Siluk, not B'derech Miut, which means it wasn't just diminished. It's not like a light was flowing in soft and you just lowered the volume or lowered the light, dimmed the light, so to speak. No, the whole light was shut off, so to speak. I mean, we're talking here, total silence. That's a Simpson. That's very clear. Everyone agrees. Even those that hold Simpson, not Kipshut, they hold that. The Shaila is, is it a Helam or is it an actual Siluk as we discussed the uh, length in the previous uh, Shuri? But here now he says, but nevertheless, even after it was all shut off, something remains. Arashimba remains. So what does that mean exactly? And remains. It's not that he said that he dimmed the light. It's not changing Pshat. The Tzimtzum is still full, full, in full glory. But something remains, which the literal meaning of the word Hashim is something remains, I said before, a trace, an impression. It would be like shutting the lights in this room. It's completely dark, but there's some, some, something was here. Whether we could see it or not, there's another discussion which we'll talk about. But to say complete, nothing, no. And this is an addition, I repeat again, this is an addition to saying Tzimtzum is not Kipshute. Which would mean it's totally concealed, but here there's something else, Hashim. So it's still mysterious. What is this Hashim exactly? Is it oil? Is it like, like you say, let's say you shut all the lights and there's a like a little, uh, a little dimmed light remaining? Not that you dimmed it, 
after it's all shut, something still remains. What, what is this? Is this Oyer? What dag is this? So he did say that it's Asius, which is going to obviously become developed very much in Chassidus. What does it mean, Asius? What do you mean by Asius? Where do these Asius come from? And what is their role? And what are they doing here even? And um, so, but he clearly says all this. What I, what he said, Pshat, this is Pshat. Havana we need to have. Now, when you look at Emek HaMelech, and then the Mikdash Melech, I believe as well, they add something else, which also helps us start getting the beginnings understanding of this is Shimu. Um, and that is, they bring the Maimah Chazal, Kedusha Le'ezazim Emkeimu. The Dafka and the Rishimu. That since Kedusha Le'ezazim Emkeimu, you can't say, that there's a complete helm and the and Kedusha was completely concealed. You have to say something remains. Therefore, the Rishim is also a Chachasichlis, just like we speak about the Kaisla Marovi or the Harabayas. Even after the Churm, and there's Buffet, there's no Beis Amikdash. You can't bring Karbonis, there's not even a, a Havamina like that. There's no Beis Amikdash. And then it says, Man She'en Beis Amikdash Kayim, and has all the effects halachically when there's no Beis Amikdash. And yet, you're not allowed to walk there. Why not? If there's something there, so maybe you should be able to do something. Because Kedusha Le'ezazim in Kema, the Shekhinah Le'ezazah ever from this place, because it always remains. I, the Mishkin in the Midbar, so we know, was temporary. Like there's nowhere in the Midbar. It says you can't walk in the Midbar because the Mishkin may have been here. Even Har Sinai we know. They don't know exactly where it is, but let's say you found Har Sinai. Because once Matan Teda ended, it did not affect the Gashmiz de Kavelt. Mashenkin and Harabayas, that was the Mokim Kavua for the Beis Amigdash. And that was from, as we know, from the beginning of the Bria, the Abish to chose that space. It was David that bought it and then developed and they built it later. But that was always Nikva, so therefore it has that element. So they bring this in the good of Kedushalazazim to establish why there's a Rishima. Because if you'd say it's complete Cholol, Complete void. It, it, where, where's the Gdusha Lizazim came? And then something was Zaz. Which itself needs a big elaboration because what do you mean Zaz? If faders, there's a Tzimtzum, a whole elements are going to be created there. But nevertheless, what really seems to imply is that you can't, that there has to be some Heker. Something has to remain to show that this is not like the Abish Elokus, Gili Elokus, removed itself completely. Something remained. I mean, that's an additional point that they make. Okay, so that covers the Kabbalistic sources. And, and Kabbalah, as usual, does not elaborate much more than what I just said. If you look inside, this is it. They say there's words and so on. So you, have, you don't have Chassidus Chabad here at work yet. You don't, like, what does all this mean? Like, first of all, why do you need it? Okay, Gedush Lezazim came, fine. But what is the role of the Rishim? And what does this Asius mean? And how does that play in together with the whole issue with the Kav? The Kav is meant to be the Gilu that comes afterwards. What do you need a Kashim if you have a Kav? You're going to have a Kav. It's not going to remain a Cholol forever. It's just that there's a so-called space, not in time, conceptually, between Simpson and Kav. But it's not like it's going to remain a Chol. So you have a Kav coming anyway. So what's the Rishim of me? And clearly the Rishim didn't come afterwards. It remains. That's what the whole point of it is. So the Havana of all of this Really, this is, comes down to, firstly, the Maimon and Lehoven. This Maimon I'm reading from Lehoven, Mashakos Beit Chaim. He explains this with Mishalim, which I'm going to now sum up. And then, as we'll see, there's another Maimon from the Alter Rebbe that's very fundamental here. It's in Tere Eir Neyach.
I'm just going by order. Okay. And there is where the Rebbe, the, the Tzemach Tzedek has a Tzorachin on it. And the Rebbe Marash comes to answer it. And that's where the Holy Kuach began about this Rishimu. And from this we'll see how it develops. As I said, you'll see it as we discuss it. I just wanted to point out that in Kabbalah there's two more Sfarim from Rabbi Yisrael Sarug that talk about the Rishimu, Shever Yasef and Mayan Chochmah. Just for the record. Again, it's all on the group. So if you really want to look into it, I tzeichen as much as I could tzeichen, so you can really research it yourself. Okay. So now, what is he saying? Lahov and Inimash Kosov Beit Sashayim. And I'm just looking here where I tzeichen it. Tzereir. And then there's another mimer in Lekutetera, Bahar, a little earlier in Lekutetera, the beer of Eshap Seisai. And there too, there are plenty of Hagos that help us understand it. Yeah. Okay. So the Alter Rebbe gives two Mishalim in this mimer to understand the Simpson and the Rishimu and what the role of the Rishimu is. Before I give the Mishalim, the Kitsa, the Nukudah is this. What the Rishima comes to add is, as he says, Asius, and we shall learn that the Rishima becomes a Shadish Hakalim. Because till now, everything we've learned and we've discussed in the previous Shurim have all been about Ir. You know, where does Ir come from? So there's Ir Ein Sof, and then there's the Ir Hagvul that manifests in the Kav. That's Ir. But there comes another question, Apisechel. Obviously, again, Yeshma'ai and Abishta could do it. Call Yochel, he can do anything. He can create anything he wants. But where did the Kalim come from? When I say Kalim, not just Kalim Ruchnim, even Kalim Gashmim, the goof. The Neshama, you could say we can trace the Neshama all the way back to Eir. Because the Neshama is like Eir, Neir Hashem, Nishmas Adam. It's Eir, Neir Hashem. But what about the goof itself? So, Bechlal, when you learn this, you learn a Geras Akejus Simen Chof. That the Guf Gashmi, the Yesh Gashmi, came from the Yesh Amiti, because to create Yesh Ma'ayin, a Yesh that feels that ain't the ill of a Siba, Shekod Malay rather, could only come from a Yesh Amiti, Shemitzusi Matsmuse, ain't the ill of a Siba, Shekod Malay Chazrushalom. That's the Lush of the Alter Rebbe in a Geras Kedjus Simachov. Okay, that's fine, the Kayach Atzmus. Creates a yesh. Eir can't create a yesh because Eir has a mokir. To create something that doesn't feel it has the mokir, the only place it can be atzmus. But that doesn't explain the process. We know atzmus also from atzmus is nimshach Eir, and yet there's a process. Eir ain't sof, and Eir ain't sof has dargis in it. Lifnat simtum, and achrat simtum, and Eir agvul, and Eir ablikvul, and yicholte lahoyer, shaloy lahoyer, save of kalam, and malakam. That's all Eir. What about the kalim? What's the ishtalshus a kalim? How do kalim come from? To use the example I gave before with a seed. Yes, the Abish to create a kayach, put a kayach in the ground, in the earth. But if you don't plant a seed there, or obviously there are things that grow without seeds, but there are, but they're basically natural seeds in the earth. If you just had earth, um, I want to correct myself. Earth itself will always have something that can grow from it. But technically speaking, it's because the earth has something. For example, if you have a mother's womb, 
if there's no the, the actual intimacy and there's no the hazra of the zera and the and the and the egg and the ovary you're not going to have anything the abishta could want to send the child to this world and the nisham is ready to come down but you need a keli for it that's why the shlesha should fit. it could also work the other way around you can have the father or mother could do everything naturally possible and the abishta decides he's not ready to send the nisham but without a goof, you definitely don't going to have a birth. So in the Ruchni is the same idea. Where did the Ebershta plant so-called the seeds or the roots of containers, of all the containers, whether it's the Kalim of Atsilas or the Kalim of Bria or the Kalim of Elam the goof itself. And other things that are Kalim. We, we learn about Nitzutze Gdusha. Every piece of food, everything in this world has Alta Rebbe says, has the Dibur Eliki, the Kayach Eliki, Mahave, Every second, that's the air. That's the air al But then that air al is mislabish in Yehi Oyer, Yehi Rekia, Tetsiyaris Desha, Me'eris, you know, all the Asadamai Modis, everything else has a Kali. So fine, we know where the Nitzus Kedusha comes from, but we also know that the Nitzus does not create the object. See, this makes a big thing about this. We say it every Friday in Poschel Yog. If an Hashem leaves the body, the body doesn't disappear because the body has its own shadish. So the Hashem doesn't create the body. It's another discussion how they interact and ultimately the body will decompose, but not immediate. If it's like Eid Hashemesh, so then if, this, if the Eid is creating the Keli, then as soon as the Eid is gone, the Keli should be gone. But it's not the case. So therefore, we know that the kelim also have a sheirish lifniatzme. Where's that sheirish? So generally speaking, that is the reshima, and Achsidus calls it the koyach hagvul shebeinsef. And here's critical: koyach hagvul, not er hagvul. Koyach hagvul. In Pedik Tes Zion in Ayin Beis, right in the beginning, the whole sif we distinguishes between koyach hagvul and er hagvul. It's all taken again in these modern mechanics. So Eir is the Eir that's nimshech into the Keli, ultimately. The Keich is the very power to create the Keli. You know, we talk so much about um, the Tzimtzum leaves space for the Talmud. So the Talmud can now enter because the Eir has somewhat been diminished or concealed. But we forget to ask the question, well, who has the Talmud come from? How suddenly a Talmud, how suddenly a Metzius enter into the Tzimtzum? The Tzimtzum did was, fine, you can seal the light. But so what? So it's like, okay, so now someone can come into this space. Where's that someone coming from? That's the Rishimu. So the Rishimu, when you think of it that way, is critical. Without it, you don't have a Metzius. All you have is Helen. Now, you need the Helen because without the Helen, the Metzius can't emerge. So the Rishimu is called what he calls here the Metzius Aesius. Just another word of saying, we'll explain more what that means, but what's another way of saying, they're all synonymous. They all refer to the same thing. Obviously, each expression focuses on another element of it, but that's what they all are. So the importance of it, we understand clearly, because without it, yes, the Kav can come. In Indian, you could have the Kav create Kalim. And in fact, in some way, the kav is a, a part of the process. But then you have a problem. The kalim would then just be a product of oyer. It wouldn't have a mitzvah la'atzmei, really. And the Ebrister once said, 
He doesn't want tachtenim that are just an expression of concealed light. He wants a mitzias. He wants a mitzias, which I'll just jump for a moment, just I'll refer to it. That's why the Alter Rebbe uses the word simsum niklikelet. Because the Shima doesn't tell this to you when you just say the word the Shima. Shima is the, ma- the meaning of it. But Nikolai because he's actually saying what the whole purpose of it is. And the Rebbe Sicha, Bishpatim Chavzayin, is all about that. What That Simpson is not just Heder. Almost the lotion that it says here in the Eitzvah Chaim. It's not Cholo Lavdafka. You can't say it's complete Heder Ha'er. There's also something there, Mitzvah, because without that, then all Taylor Mitzvahs come into question. One of the points that Rebbe makes in Mishpatim Chavzayin, if our Mitzvah is only predicated, it's only mis- based on concealment, that means that really, really the world is full of Gdusha. So all the we're doing is not, we're not creating anything, a mitzvah. And what about Sadikim, who are completely durginum and completely saturated with elokus? So their mitzvahs do nothing because, because they, they, for them there's no concealment. So you have to say that the world is a mitzvah. And when you put on film or you, you make you take a cloth, you turn it into a film mezuzus or stam and sefer you're actually doing something. You're not just getting rid of the helm of the tzimtzum. You're creating something of Gdusha, Gdusha. So going back to the point, so therefore the, the Shema is critical because it's not just a product of Oyer. It has its own Mitzis La'atzme. And the goof, therefore, our goof Gashmi, yes, is, we, we get the Neshama is Mechaya the goof, but the Neshama does not create the goof. And yet... And I have to say, this just, it's really not regate to our here, but it's critical in the whole picture of Agdus Hashem is that that doesn't mean the Kavan and Shima don't communicate with each other, just like the Neshama and the Guf. It's not like just because if the Guf is a, is a Metzius La'atzma with its own Shadish, you can make the argument that, so what's going on here? Why do we need pregnancy before? The Abishtas created a Neshama, here's the Neshama. He creates a body like he did other Mechava. They were 20 years old and stick the Neshama into the body. But we don't see it doesn't work that way. It's when the Neshama comes in two from the moment of conception, they grow together. You know, the Neshama and Gufa are growing together. So it's not just two separate uh, tracks. Kavim, they grow together. So you may have heard the expression, my modem, it talks about Mesavisa Eir Nasa Keli. Mesavis, the Ivies, the thickness in the Eir creates the means that the Rishimu with the Kav, which is like the root of the Nisham of together, they develop into what will become Eris and Caleb. So the way the Ebishter made it wasn't just two tracks, and then they meet at some point, but from the beginning, Caleb will be emerged through the, the Nishama. To just put it in simple terms, and during pregnancy, what's happening? The life force of the Nishama is slowly entering more and more inside this fetus. In the beginning, you only see only almost practically nothing. You only see a shape of a body. But let's say in the first trimester or the second, you can start seeing the development of a, of a child. First the head, and then the organs. And the, I mean, it's fascinating to see. So you see that the kalim are developing while the life force is entering. If Rahman al-Islam, I don't even want to say it, but if the life force wasn't there, it stopped developing. It's not like the Kalim just develop on their own because they have a Shadish. They wish to made it that their Shadish will be revealed and become manifest and viable through the Eir. I'm trying to find if there's a physical example for this. There have to be. I think in, in cooking, 
Not that I'm a cooking expert. Eating I can do, but the cooking is not my thing. Um, but I think in some culinary things, there when you really there's certain ingredients that remain dormant inside, let's say, any food, and when you bring another ingredient in, you make it come, it comes alive. So the ingredient is not created by the catalyst, but the catalyst brings it alive. I'm trying to find a few examples for it. The point is that the Shere Shakelim are in place in the Rishimu. But if you stop right there and there's no air, it will not grow into anything. It'll just be, okay, we have the ingredients. But now you have to make those ingredients come, come alive. So it's the air that shines through these ACs. To put it in, uh, in uh, the, let's look at the example. I'm going to, we'll get to the example and put the tail in a minute, but this is like an introduction to the example. Let's go back to the teacher and the student. Um, the teacher, we know, has to, he conceals his brilliance. So now there's room for the student. Now comes a kav, as we said, a kav that is communicating the ideas to the student. But one thing is missing that we don't usually talk about, and that is the oasis that the teacher is using. That's not oyer. The oyer is the seichel. When you write something in a sefer or a piece of paper, notes, there are two things going on. You have an idea that you're conveying, that's the oyer. But there's the letters that you're using. Imagine you didn't know language, but you had a, you're a brilliant mind, but no one ever taught you how to speak or how to write. So your mind would be trapped, your ideas would be trapped in your mind, you never can communicate them. Letters are not seichel matzal atzma. Because you could just write gibberish also. You could write Aleph, Tov, Beis, Dalit, Hey, and it means nothing. Letters are kalim that allow the flow of the seichel to express itself. Right now, if I was conveying an idea and I didn't have words, I didn't have letters, and I couldn't speak a language, but not your language, it would be meaningless what I know. I have no way to get to you. So the kalim are critical for the communication as well. So where do these atheists come from? So it says in Chesidus that Asius are Mushrish and Kadmus HaSeichel in Etzim HaNefesh, which we'll talk about as well, that Hashimu is rooted in a very high... It's the Kayechagvul. That's the Seichel. Again, the Ebershter can do whatever he wants, but he wanted it to be in a Seichel Dikur way. So in addition to the Uyid, which is carrying the ideas, if you wish, the divine ideas, what the Ebershter wants, he also created Kalim to convey it like channels which ultimately, in the lowest levels, will become Eris and Kalim, and then finally a Nisham and Aguf. So Aguf without a Nisham has no direction. And a Nisham without a Guf has no expression. Because what would a Nisham do in this world without a Guf? It wouldn't have Yadayim, Raglaim, it wouldn't have eyes and ears. It would be a Ruchnizdika entity that can't do anything in this world because it doesn't engage with this world. So essentially, what they work, and they work hand in hand. So the Guf needs the neshama to give a direction. The, guf, the neshama needs the guf for the expression. So in the Shere Shainyonim, the kav is the direction, is the oir, and the shudashimu is the kalim, the Shere Shainyonim, I should say, the oasis that are directed by the oir. So there's oasis from the Kayach HaGvul, Lifnat Simpson, that remains after the Simpson. And these oasis, however, need to now come alive. So then you, when the kav returns, and returns into this picture, now the, the so-called the flow of the oil of the kav, which is coming from Kayach HaGilui and Kayach HaGvul, or Eir HaBligvul even, now has Asius which to work with. So both the Asius emerge through the oil, but the Asius have their own unique role to play because without them, if they were not there in place, 
then the air would have nothing to be able to express itself in a proper, organized, structured way. So this is, in brief, the role of these two, Kav and Hashim. Essentially, it's like Eir and Keli, but it's not yet a Keli. It's called Shedesh HaKeli. And the Kav is called Shedesh HaEir. Sometimes the expression is Shedesh HaGili, because the Kav is not Eir yet, like a Eir and a Keli. It's, the, it's a Kav. It's, more, it's, a, it's a more regulated, more, more limited than Eir and Sof, but it's still a Kav. It's like, as I said, now the Neshama and the, and the Guf work together, and that's how something is developed. Now, if the Eir is too intense, or the Keli is too intense, it won't work. It needs to be perfectly measured. That the Eir and the Keli work with each other. Like I said before, if the blood is flowing too much, it floods things. It can create a hemorrhage. If it's flowing too little, you don't have uh, life. Same thing with the teacher communicating. If you, someone speaks and uses too many words, the air will be lost. If someone uses too few words, you won't understand the idea. So the regulating of communication is air and keli, and that's essentially the kavan shimu, the dance, so to speak, where they, where they work with each other. And this is also one of the reasons the Ebrishta made that the kalim come through the air, because that way it will work together. They work together. They're not just two different, it's not like two different products, and then you have to try to figure out how to fit them together. Your neshama and guf got to know each other from the moment of conception. And they've been working together. That's why they're so united in a healthy person. You don't even know where to distinguish. Where's the body? Where's the soul? Obviously, the body is tangible. But you can't say, okay, this is the body. The neshama is so, the nefesh is so infused in, in, uh, inside the body, you can't separate. That's why chayne says atzmei and so on. Okay, so this is, in sum, some of what he says here in Lukut Tata, I still wanted to talk about the Mesholim he gives. I see time is limited here now. Um, but also, obviously, from different Maimorim. What I said now is not my own explanation. This is more or less a summary of some of the Maimorim that just give the picture of Rashima. It's far from over. Trust me. This is just the basis of understanding what means what the Rashima means. So to sum up, you could say two things that are critical. The Rashima, first of all, tells us like from the Emek HaMelech, that Kedush Zazimim came up. That as much as everything is concealed, there's something still there. It's just not revealed to us, but something remained. So in other words, when we go, when we start our Aveda, you're not working with nothing. You, didn't, you don't begin in a complete vacuum. There's already something there. The question is what that something is. So the Shitzah, Simpson Kipshute, Yolai Kipshute, talking about the Eir. Is the Eir literally gone? And removed because, it, and, and therefore, the only way we can connect to it is B'derech Shlila, like we spoke about. Or Simpson Lekib Shutei, the Alter Rebbe, and the Chesidus Chabad, and the final Psach. That means that the Eir is only concealed. But it doesn't talk about the Kalim. The Shimu comes and says that the Kalim, that the Shedesh HaKalim, the letters, is another factor that happened after the Simpson. So we have here both something remains, and what remains is the Keich and the Asius. What still needs to be clarified is, what does, the, what does that mean? If you were able to meet the Rishimu, so to speak, and there's no Kav, would you see it? If you were right there after the Tzimtzum and it says there's a Rishimu, would you see it? And on one hand, you'd think, no, because it's only Rishimu, there's no Eir. So something's there that you don't see. So what does that mean exactly? And that's where the Mashalim of the Alter Rebbe will come in to understand that. And of course, comes next. The next big question is: Did the tzimtzum affect the rishim? And here's where the big chiddush of the Reb Marash, where he says, "No, it did not." 
which is interesting. In other words, it's Simpson Le Noga, the AC Sarashimu, he says. And that's a Khidush of the Reb Maharaj based on the Alta Rebbe's Lashenus and Tere'er and other places. And that, of course, we'll talk about. So this is going to be probably maybe two or three shirim at least, if we want to get a thorough understanding. But we will come away with understanding something critical. And that is, we spoke a lot about the Mafkamina from Simshukapshute, Nakapshute, Legabe, let's say, Diribetachtenim. Is the Aved in this world, with the world, in the Tzir of this world, or no, this world is only a Prusdur to lead us to Elam Habo, and basically, really, it's ultimately Bederach Shlila, with Shalal Gash Elam, in order to connect to Ruchnis. I mean, that was one of the things. But we're going to see from the Rishima, it goes a lot deeper than that. The concept of Dirba Tachtenim is not just that Tachtenim you don't destroy, but the Gash Elam, the Kalim themselves, can are elokus, and we can refine them as elokus because everything you could say is the neshama is uh, elokus, but the keli, the keli is there for the ride. You need the keli, like I said before, to express the neshama. But do the keli themselves? What kind of elokus do they retain? Which would mean gashmis elam mamish, not obviously chazrasholim anything that's osir. We're talking about gashmis elam the keli, and we're going to learn through the neshama that the keli themselves. Once you understand what their role is, especially when you find out that the symptoms did not affect it, and interesting that the oil did affect, because even those that hold symptoms they don't say it didn't affect the oil. It just says it's that a helen. But Nogabat Simpson for sure. That's why there's only a calf. The air was befated with helen. Whereas the Rishima were going to learn that the symptoms never even affected. So, in a bizarre or ironic way, and it's going to end up being that the kalim have more lakus in them in a certain way than the kav does. But not begoli. That's the key here. And we'll, we'll learn more about this. We'll talk about it more. So I'll stop here. Let's see this as part one. And again, the army came as I so you can definitely look it up. And we'll continue uh, next week. Everyone have a great day. Okay. Okay.